It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. Have no clue what to do. Try some random exercises. Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you, based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBod costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow. This has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. That's right, folks. It's another episode of the Rasball Fantasy Football Podcast reviewing the 2022 Fantasy Football Bus. Today, we're going to talk about what happened to key guys like Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all those quarterback busts. We're going to break on down on today's show. And we're not going to sit here and tell you the, just the numbers. We're going to explain, hopefully figured out, our detectives, myself and Matthew Stiles, have dug into the numbers. We figured out maybe what we could have learned preseason to potentially avoid these busts. Before we do, make sure you want to follow us across the board at Rasball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. And, of course, make sure you go to Rasball.com. We haven't stopped with football, but the best part, too, is we do basketball, baseball, and hockey. So we have sports all year long on Rasball.com. So go check out all the great writers. And, of course, make sure you hit the subscribe button, folks. We're going to have good content all offseason long. Today's show, let's talk about those QB busts. Legends don't need introductions, but I will do it anyway, just in case you don't follow him on Twitter. It's Matthew Styles. You can follow him at Styles08 on Twitter. What's going on, Matt? It's, it's Tuesday. We're together. Uh, it looks like Sky and Derek have quit on us. Uh, I don't know if they're doing baseball or whatever else is going on. And uh, mm. quick hint, um, I'm so pissed off at these quarterbacks that I'm actually in a best ball fantasy baseball league right now that Derek talked me into. So if you see All me right. looking to the right, I'm on the clock and round – what feels like 450. It's ridiculous. Fantasy baseball. We're not even getting – we got plenty of that at rasball.com. Today, we have decided to dive back into 2022 and talk a little bit about some of the quarterback busts. If you haven't seen the previous videos, we've already talked about wide receivers and running backs. Go check those out. Today's shows are not just to regurgitate. We all know who the busts were, but we want to try to figure out what the hell happened is it going to change in 2023, and could we have avoided it this year? That's what today's show is really about. Here's some of the guys we're going to be talking about today's show and some additional guys that actually did not meet ADP. So starting right off the top, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr. So let's get into our top five. Number five is Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. What do you got for us, Matt? Uh, normally we don't talk about guys on lists like this that were injured, right? Cause it's not, it's almost unfair, uh, to those players, but I will tell you that for a guy that when I went into Raz ball, uh, or Raz ball four, and I thought I'm going to punt quarterback. I'm going to go with some of the veterans, right. That just get the, they just get it done every year. They put up big numbers and I got two of the three I wanted. We're going to talk about three of them today. Stafford was my number two to Brady being my number one. But Stafford, he basically had uh, nine games that he played this year, and his stats were absolutely abysmal. They were absolutely ridiculous. And it, and it just, I, I, a guy had Cooper Cup, right? 
all you have to do is just throw it to Cooper Cup, who's always open. So if you look at, at the statistics, Cooper Cup played, I think, in 10 games. Stafford played in nine. And in those nine games, he had a 300-yard passing game once. And he had a three-touchdown game once. They were different games. And somehow he had what looks to be his pretty much his worst season, 10 touchdown passes, eight interceptions, but it was his highest completion percent season. I don't know how to reconcile those numbers, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I talked, listen, I, I talked a little bit about this on the wide receiver show with Allen Robinson. And I said, one of the things that destroyed the Rams was the offensive line play. And they were one of the two worst when it comes to adjusted pressures, like adjusted sack rate over on Football Outsiders. There's only two teams. The Bears and the Rams that had 10% adjusted sack rate. That is not good. But if you just look at their offensive line from last year to this year, I mean, last year they had five starters play at least 15 games. This year they've had one guy who played at least 15 games. They were constantly changing the line. No Andrew Whitworth. Austin Corbett was gone. Brian Allen was out. Um, David Edwards last year, I, I guess he got hurt. The only guy that was on both seasons that played majority of the snaps was the right tackle, Rob, Rob Havenstein. So could we have seen this coming? Now, I, I listen, I go back to look at PFF's grades. They had the Rams still in the top 12. Um, even with Whitwork gone and Austin Corbett gone. Like, I, it, so I guess I, I don't want to throw shade at PFF at all. But I don't think we thought about when you're losing three guys potentially and a fourth guy due to injury, that's not good. And it proved to just be they couldn't run the football at all. They had no time to get the ball to out wide to Allen Robinson. He was just throwing the ball for, for God, just to Cooper Cup every time because he had to get the ball out of his hands. It's not, it's not going to work. So I think we got to watch it. I think this is a buying opportunity, though, with the Rams. We saw this a few years ago with the offensive line. With Todd Gurley had that down year, and then they bounced back the next season. So hopefully they get it together. But in my opinion, this is starts with the line. We have to be a little more critical. I think we we do a decent job at Ball with the offensive line stuff. I, I know I'm looking at it. I guess there's just got to be something. There's got to be maybe different. Uh, you know, I know uh, established the run has a really good offensive line, guys. Behind a paywall, though, so I don't really see it, but. I would love to get more – we need to get more by, – by middle of October, August, I mean, we have to know more about offensive lines. Have you thought, found anything that you like for offensive well, line records? You mentioned PFF, and I think going into the season, PFF had the top two offensive lines as the, the Eagles and the Browns. And if you look at what the Eagles and the Browns did, they did exactly what PFF said they were going to do. The Rams they had relatively high, like you said on the list, but if you look at what Stafford did outside the completion percentage, right, he was running for his life, not running for it, but right. He was just caving to the pressure and they couldn't run the football. They had, they had two running backs that people kind of dug, right? Henderson and Akers. Cam Akers, yeah. You know, Akers played well uh, at the end when nothing mattered oh, at that point. So but good. So, so good. stupid that uh, I traded for him and, <laughs> so and then dropped him. Um, so, but the, you know, Stafford didn't have time, right? So Cooper Cup is perfect for that type of pressure, that type of offense. But when he goes down, they are, they're completely exposed to the fact that he's their best football player outside of Aaron Donald, right? 
He's, I, he, he just is a fantastic receiver. He does everything, right? He's Steve Largent on steroids. Everything Steve Largent did back in the back in the 80s, uh, late 70s and early 80s is what Cooper Cup does on steroids. And when he was gone, it was over. Stafford was done. Well, actually, Stafford was I mean, done before Cup was, but. It just, you could tell the pressures, 90 in the first eight games of last year versus this year. I just looked at these side by side, 90 pressures this year versus 51 the previous year. It almost doubled in pressures he was facing. I, we just, I think we just need to do, I think I'll take this upon myself. I need to find, like, I need a legit mid-August preseason because PFF came out with these grades like in June, you know, and then guys like we're going to talk about later, Tom Brady lost his center. Some of those things aren't factored in, but. Offensive line play matters, especially for quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford who don't move. You know, Stafford is moves in the pocket, but he ain't running. So if that offensive line is trash, it's going to be a ripple effect, and I think that's what we saw this year. Hopefully this offseason the Rams do enough to kind of piece those players back together. But they not, it's hard to replace an Andrew Whitworth um, with, you know, a backup level talent like they had. So And remember, they, so. they have no draft capital. They have to do everything through free agency. So you know, I, they're not going to be able to package seven seventh rounders to get a, a first, second, or third round offensive lineman. So they've got what they've got unless they can get uh, working through free agency. But, you know, they they leveraged their franchise with a couple of trades and they got rid of a lot of draft picks. They won a Super Bowl with it, but I think yeah. they're going to be hurting for a few years, maybe, maybe five, seven years. And – that doesn't bode well for Matthew Stafford. So, but yeah, we'll leading see. up I to mean, it, if they, if they do patchwork it, if they get a couple of names that look good, uh, Stafford may show up as a, a really uh, significant draft day bargain. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think I'll be watching that this offseason because it looked like they, with the just based on Acres' production down the stretch, it looked like they started figuring stuff out in the off. Like McVay's a genius, right? So, you got to think that he'll get it figured out. I think next year they'll be buying opportunity outside of Cooper Cup. I think there's going to be some decent value on those Rams players next year. All right, let's talk about Justin Herbert. And I, I no one's going to like to hear that Justin Herbert was a bust, but he was drafted consistently as a top two quarterback, top two. Um, in our in our final P uh, our final Rasball combined ADP. He was QB2. He finishes the QB16 in points per game. Not great. Consistency, he was okay. About, you know, he had. So I was looking at his consistency rankings, and he had 10 games of 20 plus points, and then he had three game changing weeks. And according to FF today, that's 29 points in their scoring format. That's three elite games. Okay. That was outside the top 12. So he wasn't giving you those high upside games. Now, before we start saying, Justin Herbert, I think it's as simple as he didn't have Keenan Allen and Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Take a guess, how many games did he have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both on the field for over 50% of snaps? Take a I'd wild guess. What do you think it was? My my The over-under is 1.5, and I'll take the it's, under. It's four. So it was a little more than you thought. Uh, but, yeah, so Keenan Allen only played eight games over 50% of snaps. So Mike Williams was 11 games. So he lost his studs. And that's going to hurt him. And the thing that really hurt him was Mike Williams being out. 
kind of took away his vertical threat. I like Josh Palmer, nice player. DeAndre Carter's a nice player, but neither of those guys offer a vertical element in this offense, and it showed in his numbers. Deep passing, completion percentage dropped from 48% on passes over 20-plus yards, dropped down to 35% this year. His yards per attempt last year was 16.4, dropped all the way to 11.5. He had six 40-plus touchdown passes in 2021 that dropped all the way to one this season. So the, the vertical threat that Mike Williams brought to the table, the way the defenses, I guess, were playing him, he became very check down heavy. He did he does tend to throw the ball a lot down to Austin Eckward and Keenan Allen. So I think that's a lot to do with this too. Um, So his touchdown rate dropped too. I mean, it went from 5.7 to 3.6. His air yards dropped. This is, I think, the key. 7.6 intended air yards per attempt dropped down to 6.4. His red zone work, he only had 104 attempts and 20 touchdowns this year in the red zone. That dropped from 112 and 29 the previous year. So there's just a lot of things in the margins. He wasn't as good in the red zone. He wasn't as good vertically. Now, I do think, I do think that there's going to be a coaching change, obviously. So we'll have to see what happens there. But I think. I, I haven't really heard a great name yet. The Chargers, like the OC search, do they go after a McVay guy because Brandon Staley was with McVay? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because they have the talent clearly on their team. Between just Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler, that's better than you know 80% of the teams in the NFL just there. So I do hold out hope because Justin Herbert is one of the very few quarterbacks that seems that – you can plop him in to the system and he can have a big season. He did it two years ago with Joe Lombardi. He did it as a rookie. So I'm not overly concerned about him learning a new system. But any thoughts about Justin Herbert? Do you think he's going to bounce back in 2023? Well, I think we if we had a 40, we'd pour a little bit out for Sky right now, right? Because Herbert's a duck or was a duck. And, 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 and this was hard for Sky all year. He just seemed a little lost. Right. It's maybe Staley's playbook was a little too vanilla. Maybe it was the same plays over and over again. But and he just kind of looked glossed over a little bit when I would watch him play. He still got a cannon of an arm. Uh, he still got Eckler in the backfield. He's got Gerald Everett, who was a very serviceable tight end in a year of pretty weak tight ends. Uh, but I think it all comes down to exactly what you said. His wide receiver one and wide receiver two played four games together. That's it. Um, and so there was no rhythm. And and I think some of these quarterbacks, especially the younger ones, it's rhythm, 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 right? Look at what happened when Burrow didn't have Chase. He wasn't Joe Burrow. He was a different dude. Uh, T. Higgins got some love. Uh, Tyler Boyd got some love. But he's not the same dude without his rhythm and his wide receiver. So I think Herbert is going to be a bargain next year, but not the bargain that we would like to see him uh, at. Right. He's probably he's not going to be the quarterback two off the board. That's for sure, because you're looking at Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, and you can give me the fourth guy that you love so much. But I refuse to uh, use his name on the podcast. We'll see, man. Uh, yeah. Just uh, Justin Fields. I, if he gets anything, any weapons, he'll be ready to rock and roll next year. All right, let's jump out to Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, this one hurt me personally because I was super high on Brady. But I think. This offseason, we we kind of should have known better. Like he just there was a <laughs> lot going on. He there was a lot going on with this dude. Divorce, missing, he, you know, skipping out, leaving in August to go to do something 
like super weird offensive line play, but what did you find out about Tom Brady and why he potentially busted in 2022? So obviously something was happening in his psyche, right? I, I have a feeling that divorce was just the end of it. Uh, my guess is they, they were having all kinds of issues leading up to that. And anything, you know, if you work for a living, so do I. Stuff at home can affect your work life. And, and yeah. they're no different, right? They're human beings. But here's an interesting stat. Do you remember the year that Brady got hurt in the uh, first quarter and, and didn't finish the season, right? He was done in game one. 2000 and it was either six or eight. From there, he threw less than 26 touchdowns twice. And one of them was this year. He went down 700 yards. So he still had a pretty good uh, amount of yards, but he lost 700 yards to last year. And he went from 41 touchdowns to, I think it was 41 to 25. Godwin was not uh, fully healthy to start the year. And he started getting his, his motor running. We talked about Mike Evans virtually every Sunday, right? And you loved him the one week you needed to love him. And he went bananas. But outside of that, you couldn't trust Mike Williams. He had no tight end, right? Gronk retires again. And Kate Otten uh, and Cameron Bray were not the answer. Uh, I think Otten dropped more passes than he caught. But I think that the biggest issue, and you mentioned it earlier, Ryan Jensen, right? He had, he had an offensive lineman, the name escapes me, retire in the offseason. I believe he was a pro bowler. Um, yeah, Ali Marpet. Ali Marpet. And then Ryan Jensen was down. Alex Kappa went to the Bengals. Yep. And then he lost Ryan Jensen. He, he lost his three interior guys. Yep. Yeah. And and Werfs, Werfs was good, right? But Werfs can't, he's not all five offensive linemen. So um, I really think that the the retirement, the the free agency, and more importantly, the Ryan Jensen uh, injury is what caused Tom Brady. When you couple that with whatever his psyche, what you know, the Dr. Phil moment, whatever was going on in his head and at home. Uh, those all led to a season that was pretty rough, right? And the, and the dude's a perfectionist. So anything that didn't work in his favor was just eating away at him uh, the entire season. So rough, this, rough, rough go for him. And he was my quarterback one in Rasbol with Stafford being my number two. And I was geeked. I was so excited about having those two because they're throw all day. They're not run first. They were, I went for older veteran guys that were throw, pass first offenses and they both shipped them in. Yeah. Brady is the one that I think for me personally, I was just so, I just feel stupid. Like I, in hindsight is easy, right? Like, obviously like you could sit here all day and say, all right, like last season they had five offensive linemen who played, like we just talked about, they had the continuity 16 or 17 games in the regular season with Jensen, Kappa, Marpet. They all were rated at 70 or higher according to PFF. Only Tristan Wirfs had a rating over 70 or higher this year. That means that the rest of the offensive line was worse. Now, Wirfs missed a few games. Donovan Smith missed a few games. We can't predict that. But for them to lose three, they did acquire Shaq Mason. So I thought, okay, Shaq Mason from the uh, Patriots. That's why I was, okay, really it's only that one guard spot. But then Jensen went out, and now you're missing Gronk and Godwin coming off injury. And going through a divorce, like it kind of now when I talk about it, I'm like, what are you fucking stupid? Like, why would you think a guy who can't run, by the way, who's a pure pocket passer, who has no A gap defense offensive lineman, and is going through a divorce, his top one of his top receivers is hurt, he's he lost his buddy. Like, I'm thinking he's gonna be a top five quarterback. Stupid. Like, 
You got we gotta be smarter with that shit. I'm calling it the Tom Brady, the psychoval Tom Brady rule from now on. I wanna know how these guys are doing, all right? Emotionally. Yeah. And by the way, they know going into the year they can't run the football. How how old did Leonard Fournette look look this year? But I mean, like they just all I mean, like, how do you expect them to run the football? They don't have any offensive linemen, they're all hurt. Anyway, it's just stupid. It was dumb. The Bucks just and listen, and you got to remember Bruce Arians too. Bruce Arians stepped away. Like that's just a whole other wrinkle to this. Like Bruce Arians is no longer involved on a day-to-day basis. Byron Leftwich sucks. Sorry, Byron Leftwich sucks, and he's not Bruce Arians. So we, it, I mean, just everywhere. Stupid. And by the way, he's he's out of work. Yeah, he's, he, I, he's getting looks for like the Ravens and stuff. I whatever. You know, I don't think he's good. But anyway, all right, let's jump down to the next one. Russell Wilson. This one I'll, I'll I'll admit I was off. I was actually right about. I actually was I did not have him as a top twelve quarterback. I said there's just too much going out. Russ, there's something about Russell Wilson that a lot of people don't know. This guy has t- historically struggled in his first season in a new system. So I took a look. I wanted to take a look at this. I gave I was a little lenient. I said I started from year four on because I didn't want to look at his rookie season because he barely threw the ball his first two years. But if you just look at his first year in a system. Versus every other year from year four on. So this is like seven years of data. In his first year in a scheme, he averages 3,300 yards and 25 touchdowns. Every other year, he averages 4,100 yards and 32 touchdowns. So clearly, Ross has been those guys where he gets in a new system, whether it was um, moving from Daryl Bevel to Brian uh, Schottenheimer, whether it was moving from Schottenheimer to um, the Shane Waldron, like every year, he just has these transition years where he doesn't do as well. Then you take him away from his team on a new team, by the way, with Cortland Sutton coming back from injury. He lost Tim Patrick early on in the year as well. He's got a brand. And by the way, those guys are all learning a brand new system because Nathaniel Hackett was a new coach. It was just too much change. And this is something that got proved right. Javante Williams went down middle of the season. We can't predict that. But between him changing teams, but also the team changing systems going to Nathaniel Hackett, it was new for everybody. And I think when they lost Tim Patrick, his skill position players went from like really good to just average because tight end position was a huge question mark. Great Dolchus, yes, he was nice during the second half. Sutton, we knew it was going to take time coming back from the injury. He's still taking time, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, but. The other things, too, he struggled in, like, the really clear areas where he was good. Play action. Because why? They had Latavius Murray, who was fine. No Melvin Gordon. His situation, he gets cut. Just super weird. Their run game was very inconsistent. Um, So he struggled in play action. He struggled in um, intermediate and short passes. But one area that he was still very good at was deep passing. And I'm like, okay, this gives me hope for him. Because if you look at his PFF numbers, he was still very good at throwing the deep ball. And that gives me hope for him long-term because I'm like, if this guy hasn't lost anything, you know, he's got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick coming back. Dolchis has really taken a step. Javante Williams will be back. Um, But here's another fun stat. He led to the NFL in third and longs. So third and long pass play. So uh, 77 of his 483 attempts, 16% of his attempts were at third or eight and longer. That is fucking insane. Third and eight and longer. Like, how you expect a guy to do well in that? They couldn't run the ball in early downs. They're always in these behind the chains. I, I'm excited to see if Sean Payton shows up. Let's go. I think I'm excited for it. What's your thoughts on Russ? 
regardless, he's going to be in year one of a system again. Right. So if your analysis True. is wrong, uh, and I will tell you this. So I, I grew up uh, just outside of Seattle. A lot of my friends, big Seahawks fans. Uh, they've never left the area, so they don't really know there's other teams in the league, except San Francisco, who, who owns them. Shout out to Sky Glasgow. But they told me that they felt like they were talking during the offseason. And, and a buddy of mine that follows football very, very closely, he said they should have gotten rid of him two years ago, right? They should have traded him when he was at, at, at his highest value. Then the, and we're talking, this is before the trade. Then he calls me. He's like, uh, we traded him and we got significant value back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Denver's now going to pay him, what, two, 250 guaranteed, I think is the amount. Now, oh, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett moves from Green Bay, two-time uh, NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, right? And I, I place a lot of that on Hackett, a lot of it on Rodgers too. But Hackett's obviously not a head coach yet. He might get there one day, but he, he was in over his head. He's a great offensive coordinator, but Mr. Limited was not good. He had the one game where Judy caught three touchdowns, but uh, he was he was pretty pedestrian outside of that. And you're right, Javante goes down in week was it week two? Week two, yeah, I think it was week two. And Melvin Gordon's never the answer. He's not. He wasn't going to be the answer. Latavius Murray was serviceable, did did his thing, um, but they they just. I think they expected too much in year one. Uh, the scary part is that they're probably going to expect too much in year two, which is actually year one a, uh, because they're going to get a new, probably a new OC with the, with the new head coach. So he may struggle again next year. Now you want to, you want to have him as your quarterback too, in a, in a uh, two quarterback league. I don't think he's that bad of a, of a person to keep an eye on, but we shall see. If it's Sean Payton, that's a little different. Payton's uh, like, I think we're okay with that. I think if it's Peyton, if it's like Dan Quinn, and then he brings in some OC that we don't even really, like a Dirk Coiter or whoever the hell he was boys with back in the day, I'm not going to be excited. But if it's Sean Peyton, I probably won't draft Russ, but it'll make me excited for Judy, Sutton, Patrick, those guys. And I think that will be something I'll keep an eye on. But Javante too, I mean, you know, now we don't have to deal with the Melvin Gordon situation. It'll be nice to see what happens there because I think he has a real chance to be a, a workhorse. And if it's Peyton, at least you, you know he'll use him maybe like Alvin Kamara. That could be nice. We would, we would prefer that. All right, let's get to the last one. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Matt, let's hear it. Let's hear the juice. What, what do you got on your boy Aaron Rodgers? Why did he bust this year? <laughs> so you told me this was going to say Justin Fields at number one. I know. I lied to you. I, I, feel, I feel like I've been lied to. I've been hoodwinked, right? This is it's, it's not fair. It's not nice. But anybody who knows me knows that uh, tomorrow's article will be headlined by Aaron Rodgers. There, there's no doubt. Um, he, he's, he's, he's a petty motherfucker. He bet <laughs> on himself. He talked all this shit in the offseason season. Uh, he dragged out the Brett Favre situation, right? This is what he, this is what Favre did when he was leaving town. Aaron Rodgers dragged it all the way out. They trade Devontae and he goes into sucking his thumb mode. Uh, but, but you can't afford Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football at that time, theoretically, in my mind, and pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million. You can't pay two guys that kind of money. So they made the trade. But to me, this, this Aaron Rodgers situation started four years ago when those dumbasses in the front office drafted Jordan Love, right? This guy has been pissed off for, for four years of 
Jordan Love, who may be the next coming, but I don't know, right? He's never going to get a chance to play unless Rodgers retires or is traded. And I don't, I don't know that either one of those things is going to happen. But back to 2022, he looked frustrated with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs from the jump, right? Watson drops the, the, that first bomb in the Minnesota game in game one. Mm-hmm. And he and he basically disappears. Has some injuries that are lingering, but Randall Cobb maybe one of Rogers' best friends, but he's not an NFL receiver anymore, right? A couple of first downs here or there. It's nice to see. He's washed. It's too late. I, the worst part for me is that I at third and one all season, just like he's done for many years, he wants to throw a 35-yard uh, bomb, right? He wants to throw an 18-yard out. Just lean forward. You're six foot four, six foot five. Just go get the first down, right? Live to live to play another down. To me, the issue was he looked completely disinterested all season. This dude played 17 games and averaged, I believe, the numbers. I, I can't pull up my article. I just tried to pull it up, and it's because it's it's cued to be published. I don't have it in front of me. I think he averaged under 230 yards a game. And less than, uh, I think it's less than, I think it was one. I can't remember the touchdown number, but you might have it there if you do the quick math. I don't want to do public math. But he certainly did not, he did not have a 300-yard game and he had one three-touchdown game. That's it. And that's, so that's the same numbers as Stafford, but Rodgers played all 17 games. And by the way, in a win and in game against the fucking Lions. No, rough. Yeah, I'm. I'm done. It's all, it, the rest is you. I just maybe I draft Fields next year. Yeah, I think this. I think the Devonte Adams situation, for 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 a lot of reasons, like Patrick Mahomes ended up being fine, but he had Travis Kelsey. There wasn't a Travis Kelsey esque player on the Packers. Plus, you have these two young kids who, by the way, you know Watson missed a lot of time in the offseason. Then Alan Lazard, right before Week One, he goes down with an ankle injury, comes back, you know. He does come back in week two, but he's probably not 100% for the first month of the year. Then you have Romeo Dobbs, who, you know, makes some plays. He gets hurt. Robert Tanya's coming off a serious injury. And then, like, in my opinion, and then Aaron Rodgers hurts his thumb. Like, a lot of people didn't realize it at the time, but he broke his thumb. And that's that for him. He's washed at that point. He broke my heart. I don't give a shit about his thumb. I, you know, the thing with... I guess the mo- I guess in hindsight we always should- I want to try to like when we do this stuff I want to say okay what could we have looked at preseason and listen losing Devonte Adams I think it knocked them down a couple spots anyway I don't think I I had zero Aaron Rodgers this year um, I was targeting guys like Brady and Trey Lance who you know I, that lasted like two weeks but um, you know I just in my opinion though with this one it's like Aaron Rodgers this stage in career he's a 38-year-old quarterback, and they're trading his number one weapon. Like, I know Devontae Adams probably pushed that trade because he wanted to be a Raider. He wanted to play with Derek Carr, which is just a huge joke now. But I I just don't understand how they could say to them, oh, yeah, what is up with the Packers? Why do they think – like, why wouldn't you do everything in your power to keep Devontae Adams because you have Aaron Rodgers who's 38 years old? Like, it's it, – either you're moving to Jordan Love – they could moving. not afford, because Rodgers commanded fifty million a year. They couldn't keep him. Uh, oh, stop! They, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Like, come on, man! Like, they could they could fudge the numbers any way they fucking want. They could have figured something out. 
but like this is stupid. They, they don't go get a veteran at least to say, all right, we're going to bring in a veteran to at least hold down a spot. They don't do that stuff. And it's just like, just tra- just do the Brett Favre thing. Trade him to the Jets for the love of God. Let him go to like the Vikings in two years and then you can face him in the playoffs. Like just do the Brett Favre thing at this point. I just, I Are guess you going into. Are you ready for the craziest off-season 2023 trade that you, that you could even imagine? You want me to break it down for you? Break it down for me, baby. I like it. Rodgers to the Raiders for Carr and Devontae Adams. I like it. But they won't – but the Packers don't like receive. they don't – hey, we're good. We're just going to just draft second – day three picks and we're going to be fine. Like the well, Packers – I like the idea. Maybe Sterling Sharp's going to come out of the locker room. At halftime every game. I don't know. Uh, By the way, that's triple crown winner, Sterling Sharp. But Jordan Love seems to be – is he going to be the guy? Like, I think at some point, he's waited plenty of years now. He's got to be ready. And he looked decent in his spot duty that one game. I mean, the Eagles were saying he looked good. So what are your thoughts? Is is it Jordan Love – if if they move on from Rodgers, is it because Jordan Love's ready? Like, what's the, what's your thought? Oh, he's got to be ready. And by the way, if they decide it's Jordan Love, they have to decide soon because his fifth year options were 20 million. Yeah. I mean, so that's $70 million on two quarterbacks. One we know is, is it doesn't look great and looks disinterested. The other one we don't know because he's never really played in an NFL game. I, and listen, I think that my, if I'm the Packers and I've seen just, if I feel like Jordan Love's ready at all, like, I'm so, I, I, I will sacrifice the next year or two the ceiling. Listen, you haven't won a Super Bowl in like 10 years, like 12 years. Like Aaron Rodgers, you've had Aaron Rodgers for like the last 12 years and you haven't won a Super Bowl. Like, sorry, your defense, your special teams, you name it. Whatever the reason was, you've lost in the playoffs every time. Aaron Rodgers has not gotten you over that hump in forever. It's okay if he leaves and wins a Super Bowl. It's fine. It's totally fine as long as Jordan Love is ready. If Jordan Love isn't ready then you got to say, hey, he's not our guy, and it's over. And you got to stop with this bullshit. And then you can make a trade like that for Derek Carr and bring them back there. That's fine. But I just – you got to make that – if it, Jordan Love's ready, you trade Aaron Rodgers, who gives a shit? Trade him. And if you guys have like a Matt Jones-esque season with the first year of the Patriots where you barely get into the playoffs or you're right on the edge of the playoffs, no one's going to hate on you. I mean, listen, Tom Brady went out and won a Super Bowl his first season with the Bucks. Did anybody shit on the Pats for not bringing him back? No, they they realized that hey, they got Mac Jones. They were still competitive. Bill Belichick's got all this going on. You got to make the move though. I'm sorry, as a, as a Packers, I'm not even a Packers fan, but as a friend of yours, just for the love of God, just like just make a decision on Jordan Love. If he's ready, see you later, Aaron Rodgers. If he's not ready, stop fucking talking about the guy like he's going to be your future. And let's get it going then. I mean, it's just insane. All right. That's great. So That's I'll it. go out on a limb that says I may have more shares of Justin Fields in 23 than I do Aaron Rodgers. That a boy. I listen, don't worry about it. Justin Fields, when they get DeAndre Hopkins and they're ready to rock and roll with him, I'm super stoked. Actually, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I this is the bus show. We'll talk about steal some other time because he uses steal. All right, that's it, folks. That's our top five quarterback bus. Obviously, it was great to get this off our chest, to dive into some of the mistakes we made this season, but also to see if these guys can bounce back in 2023. Don't forget to check out the rest of our videos. Subscribe to the channel. We'll be dropping the tight ends next week. We just did wide receivers and running backs. 
Today's show, the quarterbacks. We broke down the top five QB busts. Make sure you jump over to rasball.com to check out Matt's article that will be dropping tomorrow. Also, make sure you go to rasball.com to check out the baseball, hockey, basketball, you name it. We got it at rasball.com. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby LaMarco. I want to thank my co-host today, Matthew Styles. You can follow him at Styles08 on Twitter. We are out of here. <laughs>